Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Chances are, if you heard the great music of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, stuff like the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, the Who, Led Zeppelin, you've heard this gentleman's work. His name is Glenn Johns, and he's a producer and engineer of a lot of the rock and roll records uh, from those great groups. And Glenn, in fact, he's a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's got a book out which covers all this fascinating stuff called Sound Man, a life recording hits with some of the great groups of all times. Uh, Glenn, Tell me, let's start with the Beatles, if you would. You were the guy behind uh, the idea of doing that rooftop concert right at the end of their uh, stuff. What happened there? What gave you that idea? We were having lunch one day, and we didn't have an end to the, what we were doing, which was initially supposed to be a live concert, uh, which was to be recorded for a TV show and also for, for an album of all new material. And, and the, the, that idea had dissipated somewhat during the process of the rehearsal of the songs. So we had a documentary film being made about something that had no end at that particular moment. So we were having lunch one day, and Ringo asked me if I had seen the roof of the building before, if I'd ever been up there, because he thought the view from there was particularly interesting. So he took me up there, and to be honest with you, I'm not absolutely certain that it wasn't both of our ideas. I don't know that I can take complete credit, but anyway, as a result of that, us going up there, we, we came up with the idea of possibly the band playing up there, and therefore playing to the whole of the West End of London, which we thought was rather a novel and amusing idea. No, it was a great we put, idea. Uh, we put it to everyone else, and they uh, agreed, so we did it. No, it's a great idea, and it kind of w- was the precursor to the whole MTV thing. I mean, that was, in my mind, one of the really first music videos that were out. Okay. Yeah, well, let me... It certainly wasn't intended to be that. <laughs> it was supposed to be for another purpose, but there we are. Things happen. Well, talk about things happening. At that time, the Beatles were in a mess. That was right before they broke up. A lot of people blame Yoko Ono. You were there, watched John and Yoko together. Did Was that the uh, defining uh, end of that group? No. I, 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 listen, the band broke up a long time after those sessions. They made Abbey Road after that. Mm-hmm. So the idea that anything that happened on those sessions influenced them breaking up. What happened on those sessions was a blip. It was a disagreement. I wasn't in the room, and we all left the room when we saw there was a disagreement happening. 
to give the the guys the privacy they, they clearly deserved. So we weren't party to what went on, and uh, I know no more than that, and I think I state that quite clearly in the book. The, uh, and as far as Yoko is concerned, the, as I have no idea what what happens in private conversations with any, anybody, I have absolutely no idea. And to be honest with you, I don't think that it really matters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> particularly because nobody really knows. So why speculate about it? No, I mean, was it just, do you think it's just a time where, you know, they had done everything you could do? I mean, you know, they, they, they had kind of broken. It was time for them to go out on their own and try some different things individually? Well, that seemed to be the case uh, as the way it turned out. And, and the, the fact is, they, like any group of people, they've been together for a long time. Uh, possibly, uh, listen, now, this, is a, this isn't my opinion even, I'm just speculating. That each of them had their own idea about what, of what they wanted to do musically, and perhaps it didn't necessarily correlate with each other. And that happens in every band I've ever worked with, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's bound to happen. It happens in relationships, it happens in the workplace. People have disagreements, and they, they resolve them or they don't, and people move on. And that's and in a creative environment, that's sort of enlarged somewhat, really, because you're not, you're not just talking about personal relationships, you're talking about creativity and what you want to achieve as an artist. Well, and you, and sometimes it can be done as a group, and sometimes it's better if you back off and do it on your own. Glenn, tell us, is it one of those things where there has to be somebody that can hold those groups together? Because I think of like The Who, you know, they had volatile personalities and so forth, yet they've managed off and on to still be around, you know, 50 years later. You're absolutely correct. <clears throat> of course, there, there are volatile in, uh, members of that there were when all four of, all four of them were, were still alive. Uh, however, uh, to the best of my knowledge, and certainly in my experience, there was never a split second when there was any talk of them splitting up and i think possibly that the 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 approach the volatileness of the individuals perhaps fed fed the engine of what yeah. they were doing to a degree <laughs> I, I think it became sort of a bit of a habit <laughs> that they kind of relied on to do what they were doing so they put it to good use uh, without any question because what they achieved was pretty remarkable really I want you to talk a little about the first time you saw Led Zeppelin. I know you were blown away by them and actually tried to get Mick Jagger and George Harrison to listen and so forth, and they weren't particularly as impressed, but obviously history has shown that at least a lot of people think that you were right about Led Zeppelin. Well, exactly right. And, and what that proved to me was that, that although I, at that moment in time I, I assumed rather foolishly that um, all us lot that had been in the business for as long as we had and knew each other and were working with each other, had, had similar tastes. And, of course, that's obviously not the case. Nobody has, you know, everybody's taste differs in some de- to some degree. Otherwise, um, the world wouldn't go round. Yeah. Well, you know, and as you as an engineer and stuff, then, did you find, Glenn, that, you know, depending on what particular style people had and so forth, was it important that you had that kind of understanding and that agreement to really put these great sounds out, or is it just something where you listen to them and put out whatever they need? I mean, I know it's kind of a naive question, but... No, I don't think it's a naive question at all. I think it's a very good question. The, the fact of the matter is that no two artists I've worked with have had precisely the same requirements, particularly as a producer. Um, and my whole role... As a, individually, I'm not talking about producers in general, but because I'm an engineer as well, uh, is to try and represent whatever the act is giving to me uh, as best as possible sonically. 
and obviously the material recorded, the, the emotive content of the material recorded, etc., etc., would require a slightly different approach sonically from me. Uh, but, but more to the point, uh, it is whatever they are delivering to me in the studio is the, is the sound I'm trying to capture. It's the sound of the individual or collectively all of them uh, that, that they are creating that made them as original as they were or are still to this day. And, and the challenge for me was to try and represent what they were doing as best as possible and as accurately as possible while not doing the material any disservice in the process. Fine. Uh, and that, varied, that job varied from one artist to another. And like I say, sometimes you were encouraged to help out a little bit more than with others. It, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, that's what makes the process so fascinating, and that's why... Every time I've walked into a studio, and, and certainly the next time I walk into a studio, I'm going to learn something. This book has got incredible stories like that. People, you're going to love it. The process is called Sound Man. Uh, one last question for you, Glenn, before we have to let you go. Uh, you almost were part of putting together an incredible uh, collaborative uh, event. with you, know, you, you ran into Bob Dylan, and you can explain this at the airport. Uh, talked about working on an album with him, the Stones, and the Beatles, but it never came to pass. But how close did we actually get to that, Glenn? Oh, it didn't get... It didn't get close at all. It was Bob Dylan's idea, and he asked me, having just met me, if I could facilitate, or at least ask the Beatles and the Stones if they would be at all interested in making an album with everybody, with all three acts on the same record, a collaborative record. And it astounded me when he came up with the idea. It was a pretty off-the-wall idea, as you can imagine, but because they were the three greatest influences on music in the previous decade, it would have been an astonishing achievement if they if they'd have done something together. Clearly, it didn't come off because they, the others, some of the others, weren't interested in doing it. Which is, and they were, I'm sure they were right. It would have could have been a complete train wreck. But I'd love to have given it a go. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the book is Sound Man. Glenn, is there a place on the web or something we can find out more about this great book? Yes, Glennjohns. We will go there. Glenn, thank you so much. Really enjoyed chatting with well, you today. Well, just buy the book. Well, yeah, absolutely. And then, and then we might want to read more. more. <laughs> just go and buy it. It's, it's, hopefully, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we will. Glenn, thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Please follow Vegas Never Sleeps on all social media platforms, including X, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Do you have a car sitting around you want to get rid of? Then here's a great idea. Donate your car and help veterans and their families. Yes, one fast call to the Veteran Car Donation Program and we'll come and remove your car for free. Fast, free towing, and 24-hour response. You can donate most cars, trucks, or SUVs in most conditions. The proceeds raised goes to help active military, veterans, and their families. And you get a tax deduction. All you need to do is make this free call. Get rid of that old car and help the vets. We make it easy. Make this free call now and book your fast and easy pickup. Call the Veteran Donation Program now. Donate your car and help veterans and their families. Operators are standing by. Here's the number. 800-932-1176. 800-932-1176. 
That's 800-932-1176. Holy gentle giants dog food, Batman. I'm Burt Ward, Robin from the Batman TV series. I was the caped crusader, and now I'm the canine crusader. After rescuing and feeding 15,500 dogs for 23 years, my wife and I created a natural, low-fat, heart-healthy, made-in-America dog food and special feeding and care program designed to help all dogs live amazingly longer, healthier, happier lives. Our dogs are living as long as 27 healthy, active years. Yours can, too. That's twice their normal lifespan and triple for some breeds. Would you like your dog to live as long as 27 years and still be active and healthy? Gentle Giants Dog Food is complete nutrition for all dogs and puppies, all ages and sizes, and is different from other dog foods without the greasy coating and high fat content that can shorten your dog's life. Try our Gentle Giants life-enhancing dog food for the longer, healthier, happier life of your dog. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-483-7217. Attention timeshare owners, call the timeshare exit hotline now. We can help you legally get out of your expensive timeshare contract. If you're fed up with the maintenance fees, learn how you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently. Call right now for your free consultation, 800-803-5449, Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-870-3609. 800-870-3609. 800-870-3609. That's 800-870-3609. 